Welcome back. Episode number two of the Stretch Run Podcast. Down the stretch they come. This is Kevin Nelson. It is uh, Friday, February 16th. It is around noontime, central uh, central noontime here in Kansas City. Um, the crazy Kansas City weather that I am... Uh, I think that we all are, not just myself, my wife, my kids that we're all getting accustomed to. Um, you know, they when we moved here, people certainly said that, uh, you know, you're going to see some crazy weather. You're going to see snow and then 60 degrees. I didn't quite buy into it, um, but now I'm getting the first hand. It was around close to 70 degrees um, about uh, two days ago. Um, and it is now that I woke up this morning, it was very, very windy, very cold and started snowing. So you go from 70 to about 25 degrees in snow and the sun is back out. Um, now the snow stopped, uh, feels like it's 50, even though it's not, but it's just crazy, but it's great. You know, you, you really get your, your fill of the seasons, even if it's a matter of like three days in February. Um, so coming to you today, I had, I had plans right away to jump into this and um, talk about my caffeine moment of the day, or my caffeine uh, moment of the week right now, which is going to be more towards spring training, pitchers and catchers. I will touch on that, but something happened already in my morning that I really wanted to touch on and just how much gratitude I have um, for acts of kindness from others that can just totally change your mindset of the day. Um, I was, uh, at the gym this morning and, uh, driving home from the gym, I was pulling up my street, uh, and I saw a car in my driveway, a gentleman at my door. And right away, I think who's trying to break into my house. Who is this guy? Who, who is that asshole at my door? And, uh, as I rolled up closer to my house, I, I, I looked out and it, and it turned out to be a friend of mine, um, who was just knocking on my door. Didn't call me. Didn't text me the nerve, right? Showed up at my door peacefully. And so I rolled the window down. I didn't know it was him right away. I yelled like, hey, what are you doing? And I see him turn around. It's my friend. And he turns around. He waves his hand. I was like, whoa. So, you know, pleasantly surprised. Pull into the driveway. Get out of my car. He has a book that he hands to me. And it's a journal. And it's a guided journal. Moments of gratitude. Um, which... Melted my heart. Um, you know, he's somebody that I've met in the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I want to be clear, as I go forward with this podcast, I am not going to promote AA. Um, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous is a program of attraction, not promotion. But, you know, it's part of my story. Um, and it's a big part of how I live today. So, you know, when I do, if I, if I do happen to talk about, you know, sobriety and, and AA, you know, that's just part of my story. It's not anybody else's. And my caffeine moment of the day are, it's just great. That's my, that's my moment of the day is having a, you know, a friend show up at the door, um, was thinking of me in moments of gratitude. We send text messages, a bunch of guys just, you know, kind of just, um, things to fire us up in the morning, uh, whether it's spiritual or, you know, just emotional, whatever it may be that we do. So he thought of me with this, with this journal, which I thought was awesome. Gave him a big hug, you know, just talked about what's coming up this weekend. And just, you know, I was already in a pretty fired up mood, which I am quite often, but just about the weekend coming up with my kids, uh, with my wife. I have a great date night tonight and tomorrow night with my wife. 
um, which I'll talk about. But like that just like while I was really starting to really pick up my day and feel good and feel strong, that just sent me to that cloud nine pink cloud feeling of, wow, I'm super grateful for the people that are in my life, especially here in Kansas City right now. Um, so, you know, it's uh, those those random acts of kindness that you just you don't expect. And when they happen, it's so important to embrace, uh, which I did. And, you know, coming walking into my house after having a good workout and I've had some lower back issues the past week or so, you know, that's feeling better. You know, so much to be grateful for. So shout out to my friend. Um, I'm not going to say his name yet, uh, <laughs> but I guess, uh, I guess that's a little bit of uh, the anonymity. Um, but again, you know, it's just, it's just part of, uh, of what goes on with these, with these men in this program. Um, you know, we, we support each other, we push each other. And, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's that, it's that paying it forward, which I now have to do today. And it doesn't have to be with another alcoholic. It's just, I want to share that here, you know, today that, you know, if you're, if you're having a rough day, you know, you just, you don't know what's around the corner. So you got to keep moving your feet. You got to you do your best to stay positive. You know, there's going to be moments in life. We're not going to be positive all the time, but you know, that you, you just keep pushing. Um, and, for me, wow, you know, so like I'm again, I'm on cloud nine. I'm, I'm in my office right now. I have Gulfstream Park third race on TV right now that I'm watching live. And that's kind of what I was going to touch on on my podcast today was, um, you know, I have a horse in tomorrow, not myself, but, you know, our partnership at Centennial Farms, horse named Antiquarian. Um, he is in the ninth race at fairgrounds tomorrow. He is a three-year-old colt. Um, he he his first uh, his first ever race uh, as a three year old was about a month ago at Gulfstream. I actually traveled down to Gulfstream to watch him run. He ran a fantastic second, um, as I mentioned on my previous podcast, to a horse that's on the Kentucky Derby Trail, trained by Shug McGahee. Um, our connections, Todd Pletcher, um, has thought enough of Antiquarian, you know, to send him to Fairgrounds, move up his schedule a little bit um, to kind of get him on a path that if if and it's a big if if he wins this race tomorrow. Yeah, sure. There's that possibility of now we send him to a grade two Louisiana Derby, a million dollar race. Um, and, you know, it's just that it's uh, it's funny. I was talking to the assistant trainer yesterday and, you know, I said, hey, is it out of the realm to really should I really be getting excited about this? And he's like, go big or go home. And, you know, when you're on this level with racehorses, these athletes you know, right. Go big or go home. Like why, why are we in this? Right. Otherwise, why am I doing this? I mean, I have major love for the horses. Uh, quite frankly, I have a better time on the backside, meaning the barns and watching these horses train and being around the people that take care of these horses. That to me is what it's all about. But when you see the result of their work, um, the result of right. And antiquarian is a, you know, it's a great story. You know, he's, you know, he was purchased as a yearling. We purchased him for about $250,000. And uh, his father, preservationist, his his sire, um, he was a product of Centennial Farms, um, a grade one millionaire, uh, multi-million dollar horse, um, won, you know, won a couple grade one races. Um, and he has now, he's now at, at stud. And this is uh, his, uh, I believe his second crop that Antiquarian is out of. So you know, while 250000 may sound like a lot of money, it is. It is a lot of money. But when you get, you know, when you can group together a bunch of people um, to get in and invest in the horse, um, 
you know, for the type, you know, it's kind of an unknown as far as preservationist goes as a stallion. So his stud fee is not very high right now. But I believe he is now the third leading second crop sire in the United States. So follow that, right? He's the number three sire for second crop of uh, babies, um, which I believe I have correct. Um, I may get corrected by uh, Don Little, who runs Centennial Farms. I'll find out when I, after he listens to this podcast. Um, but so with all that being said, he, uh, he's in tomorrow, um, the ninth race, he's going two turns for the first time, meaning he's going a mile and a 16th on the dirt. He's in tough. It's a, you know, it's a maiden special weight, which means he's running against some of the top three-year-olds over at the fairgrounds in, in New Orleans. You know, Todd, Todd is sending over, uh, I think the van that, that went from Palm beach down earlier this week. That antiquarian was on to go to the fairgrounds. There was five other horses on the van. Todd's got a few horses in. Um, so there's a, the, the feature race tomorrow is called the Risen Star Stakes. That's a, a another major prep race for the Kentucky Derby. And Todd has got uh, has got one in there that should be tough. So that's just how tough this is. Well, well, being excited about antiquarian, he hasn't even won a race yet. But you know, there's that projection of um there's the there's the dream of but there, there there's the reality that he is a nice racehorse he's a big strong cult in the words of his trainer todd pletcher um who should only uh improve going longer he is first his first race was a mile which first time out when you run a horse first time out going a mile it's it's asking a lot but again he's a big strong cult which he is he is bred to go longer distances so we'll see how it shakes out. You know, that's the excitement of it. Again, you know, when you, when you talk about these stories about horses that, you know, have this kind of shot, you know, it's hard. It's the development of an athlete. And there's a lot of time and effort that goes into that um, uh, from these trainers, from, you know, from the trainers to the, you know, from Todd to his assistant trainer, Tristan, who, and then to the grooms, to the hot walkers, and obviously the veterinarians are involved and, it's a, it's a hot, you know, it's, it's a really big effort. And then obviously when you put the effort combined with people paying the bills and you get these syndicates, which makes it easier for people to get involved in horse racing. You don't have, you don't have to have millions of dollars in the bank account to get involved in horse racing these days, which is, which is amazing. Um, so I will, uh, I'll be following up my next podcast to talk a little bit about how that, uh, how that has shaken out. Hopefully keep your fingers crossed. Um, you know, the, the most important thing is that he continues to improve um, forwardly. And yeah, we want to win the race. I want to win the race. But most important, you know, he comes out of it healthy and happy. That is the bottom line. That is why I'm affiliated with Centennial Farms because that is the foremost uh, upfront. Yeah, we want to develop uh, championship racehorses that become, um, you know, first, first grade stallions. Um, but at the end of the day, the most important part of all this is continuing health for our thoroughbreds. So, um, that's kind of a little touch on the racehorses, you know, it's uh, spring training time too. And I was going to talk about that as my, you know, caffeine moment of the day, being so excited about spring training, which I really am. Um, but again, uh, with my friend dropping off that, that book that really got me that, that took over the whole day, which I'm so thankful for still. Um, but with spring training starting, you know, it's, <clears throat> you know, it's pitchers and catchers, right? All the pitchers and catchers have reported. It's so different. Now, though, um, when you talk about pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training, you know, it would be the first, second week of February, and then 
the position players wouldn't really show up. This is like going in, you know, when I was a kid in the 80s and the 90s, position players wouldn't show up until the last week of February. And the games would start in the beginning of March. I mean, it's like baseball now, the baseball player now, you know, the joke would be, you know, you hear from guys like Keith Hernandez and Ron Darling, you know, multiple players that played in the 80s and 90s, 70s, 80s and 90s that, you know, they didn't do anything in the offseason. They would really start ramping up when they got to camp. Now guys come in in amazing shape. And even though it's pitchers and catchers reporting this week, there's so many position players that are already in camp. There's already live bullpen sessions going on or um, live, you know, live bullpens, meaning which means that pitchers are already throwing to live hitters. You know, these guys come into camp ready to go. Um, you know, it's year round training for these guys. And it, um, it's cool. It's exciting. You know, games start next week, which is crazy. You know, they don't, they don't matter, but they matter. You want to see your guys. The, the main goal in spring training for any team, I think, is making sure you come out of the spring training healthy. No one, these games don't matter wins or losses. You know, you want to see what you have in young prospects. Um, and you want to see, you want to see your veteran players, you know, just, just get themselves loose and ready to go for the, for the, for the marathon, which it is, you know, the 162 games. So this is the spring of hope, um, which, you know, it's just like the horse racing side of things. You know, we, I have the hope, we have the hope, you know, when we, when we go and buy, you know, yearlings or two-year-olds, you know, and they start training, you know, you, ha- you see what they, you know, you want, to stay, you want them to stay healthy. It's the same parallel in spring training with these, with these young athletes, with these baseball players. Um, you know, what, it, what do we have in this guy? You know, especially the young top prospects throughout the game. You know, what do we have in this guy? You know, so that's, that for me as a fan is I love that. Um, and being a big Mets fan, sure, but it, it, for me, it, it goes all across the game. I love watching the young, the young prospects all throughout Major League Baseball. I follow it very closely. Um, so I'll be, you know, I'll be talking a little bit more about that, too, as, spring, as we get a little more into spring training. Um, but uh, especially now being in Kansas City, too, is that you know, the Royals have a really solid young team, um, you know, led by Bobby Witt Jr., their shortstop, who, again, I think I, sp- I spoke about it on the last podcast, that he has just signed a $288 million contract at 23 years old. And, you know, his father was, a, was an amazing baseball player. So I believe his mom was a great athlete, too. So he comes from the, blo- you know, from the bloodstock <laughs> of great athletes. But he is it. He's the real deal. You know, he plays the, the best position at shortstop. He is an amazing athlete. Um, but not just with Bobby Witt, with MJ Melendez. They have a great young core. Um, and they're really building something nice again here in Kansas City. So it's going to be fun to follow that really closely um, and to bring my son into that too. You know, Leo, he loves baseball. Um, <laughs> I guess the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But, uh, you know, he's, um, he's excited. We were talking about it this morning. We were getting changed for school, how excited he was uh, about, uh, about spring training. And, you know, he actually asked me, he said, Daddy, we going to, we going to any spring training games? And I said, not this year. We're not in Florida. Um, but we'll be going to quite a bit of the Royals games, which will be, which will be a lot of fun. Um, but we'll be following it. And, you know, that's that bond. Um, you know, the, the thing moving here to Kansas City, when I speak of Leo in baseball, was, and it kind of was a blessing in disguise that um, it's, it was baseball nonstop in Florida, year-round. And you kind of get lost in the, in the mindset. And I'm, as a father, I'm guilty. You know, like, oh, we, you know, let's... Let's make sure we're in, you know, on this travel team at six years old. You know, he made an all-star team at five years old with six-year-olds. And, 
you know, you thought that just the all-star season was going to run through through July and that was going to be it. But then that morphs into they create a travel team for August, you know, through December. And then the other league starts up in January. So it's just games upon games. And moving here to Kansas City, I thought to myself, oh, man, you know, Leo's going to really fall behind. And mind you, I understand he's six years old. So how crazy that sounds. Um, but, you know, it's been a blessing. He's been able to be a six-year-old boy. Um, you know, being able to play in the snow in the backyard, uh, picking up different sports at his new school, whether it's basketball or football, you know, realizing that, you know, there's going to be other interests in life and how important it is to have that variety. So, yeah, while we, you know, my wife and I have noticed, you know, like we were in a great routine in Florida, but we just, we're creating a new one here in Kansas City. Um, so to kind of like this tangent that I'm going off on is just that, it's good. While spring training is here, it's it's a nice reminder of the of of the excitement he has right now again for baseball. He didn't lose it just because it became winter here and he wasn't playing baseball, you know, four days a week like he was in Florida during the winter. Um, he's got the passion, so the passion doesn't doesn't die, and it just gets rejuvenated in the season. So it's been a nice it's been a nice break for him, uh, for me too. I was coaching, so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to coach again uh, with his uh, six- and seven-year-old team uh, here, in, here in Kansas. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so I will certainly be reporting back on, on our successes and failures on that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a good day here in Kansas City. Um, it was a good week. You know, it was an emotional week. The Chiefs had their Super Bowl parade. There was, you know, tragedy there. I, I, this is, that's, I'm not going to go, I'm not really going to touch on that. That's not what this podcast is about. Um, very sad, of course, um, especially, you know, in a day of celebration, you know, this, the, the whole town shut down. I mean, you know, obviously on Super Bowl Sunday, the, the supermarkets closed early, but on, on the actual parade day, schools closed in the area. My kids' schools did not close. Um, and my wife and I were working. The kids were at school. Thankfully, we weren't anywhere near that parade, but um, you know, people had a great day and that, that obviously ended on a, on a sour note, but, um, you know, that sea of red was pr- really cool to see, especially on Valentine's day. It was, it was very, very heartwarming, no pun intended. Um, and then very heartbreaking at the end of that. That's all I really say about that. Um, but the chiefs are definitely going to be running it back again, and it's going to be fun to follow here in the off season to see what they do. Uh, we got a lot to look forward to, um, that's going to basically be my wrap on my podcast today. Again, let's go Antiquarian tomorrow. Uh, again, he's running uh, February 17th, Saturday tomorrow in the ninth race at the fairgrounds. That post time is, I believe, uh, 3.52 Central Time. So 4.52 East Coast Time, 2.52, or no, 1.52 Pacific Standard Time. Give it a look. You'll see it on FanDuel TV. Um, you should be able to follow it on if you want to see him run. I'm not going to this race. I'm saving my travel bullets, hopefully, for when uh, he hopefully wins this race and then goes to the Louisiana Derby. Well, we shall see. Um, everything else is good. I hope everybody has a fantastic weekend. I'm interested to see what the weather brings here in Kansas City. And let's go! Stretch run! Down the stretch they come! Have a great weekend!